Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the For Merlo Show here on Blog Talk Radio, where I'm your host, Merlo. What's good, everybody? What's good? What's good? What's good? It has definitely been one of those long, long days for me, and I'm just widening it right on down tonight. Um, tonight, you guys, we do have a guest that is on the line uh, by the name of Ron Glick. This author comes to you by way of Montana. Yes, Montana. Um, 
Tonight, the author uh, that we will be speaking with will talk a little bit about uh, his books and his works and things of that nature, whatever else he feels that he wants to discuss with you people. Yes, you people. Uh, but I actually had the opportunity of speaking to the guest uh, just last week, I do recall, and it was just a wonderful conversation. Very down to earth gentleman, you know, definitely a people's person. You know, so, so many times we talk to people and they really don't have anything to say. It was really dry conversation, but trust me, tonight it will not be one of those dry, dull conversations. I mean, when Vanilla Sky's here, you know, she's a writer too, you know. When she's here co-hosting, you know, she's so dry, but you know, definitely not Vanilla Sky flavor. Yes, I'm joning on her because she's not here yet. All right, so without further ado, um, what we're gonna do is I'm going to bring the guest on the line tonight and then we'll just go from there. So, Ron, are you out there? I am out there. Hey, Malo. <laughs> What's good with you, sir? What's good? Well, it's actually a relatively cool day for in Montana. We've had a couple of very, very warm, humid days the last couple of days with a nice, pleasant break. But beyond that, like yourself, long day. <laughs> yeah, we actually had a guest that was waiting on the switchboard like five minutes prior to the show. Uh, they had some questions, but just as the introductory song was going off, they disconnected. But maybe they're called back, but they had a couple of questions for you right around your neck of the woods, I should say. Okay. I'm always open to talking to anyone about just about anything. <laughs> All right. So to start the conversation, um, We'd like to just get to know you a little bit better. So if you will, could you just give a, like, a brief background of who you are so that everyone will know who you are? Well, uh, I'm primarily trying to focus my, uh, my public awareness around my writing. I am a fantasy, and I, I call myself a comic geek uh, writer. Oh. I have uh, three fantasy series, um, the Oz Wonderland series, the Godslayer Cycle, and Chaos Rising. I have three books out in Oz Wonderland, three books out in God Slayer, and then two books out in the Chaos Rising series right now. I've also written a 12-book uh, comic book trivia series called Ron Ellis Comic Book Trivia. Um, but I've also written uh, something that breaks away from that, and that's uh, a book entitled The U.S. Political Prisoner Since 2004, which is more of an expose on political corruption here in Montana. So I've actually got quite a broad background, I guess you could say. Oh, okay. All right. So Vanilla Sky is with us tonight. Um, I don't know if she caught that piece, um, but she's here with us. She said that she was disconnected. So why don't we just unmute her and see what she... Vanilla! Hey! Hey. Oh, migration. <laughs> Need I not ask? <laughs> I'm, I'm on an airplane right now. Oh, migration. You yeah. flying across the... You going to see Ron? I'm going to um, Vegas. <laughs> oh, you're going to no, pass Ron. Okay, the other way. All right. Well, yeah. if you have anything you want to say, you know what to do. If you don't want to say anything, just press the mute button. And there you go, baby. Okay. Well, I can't talk for long, but I did want to check in because we're going to take off soon, and I won't be able to talk after that. But... Okay. Well, she calls in after I join her. Well, it's nice meeting you, Vanilla. My name is Ron Glick. I'm the guest tonight. It's nice to meet you, too. It's nice to meet you, too. I'm sorry I can't be on for the full hour. Oh, that's okay. I understand what complications are like. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's so complicated. <laughs> In case you missed my, my introduction, I am an author. I've got uh, eight fantasy novels written, uh, three in the Oz Wonderland series, three in my Godslayer Slayer series, and two in my Chaos Rising series. I also have a 12 volume set of comic book trivia called Ronald's Comic Book Trivia. I also have a rather uh, uh, controversial book called U.S. Political Prisoner Since 2004, which is a real story, my own experiences with political corruption in Montana. Wow. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Now, how did, you, how did you get into writing? I've actually always been interested in writing. I've been a reader since you know, avid reader since I was a child, always had the ambitions to be a writer. I finally broke into being able to self-publish back in 2011 uh, with the first book of my Godslayer Cycle series, and I've been putting out a book about every six months in my fan in my fiction area. 
um, ever since, and with side projects and the trivia books, and of course the uh, expose book, which Brock brought out last September. Are all your books self-published? Yes, they're all self-published through. Okay. Um, uh, they primarily they sell through Amazon. They're Create Spaces, my mm-hmm. print-on-demand company, and Kindle is the primary electronic form of the books. Oh, very nice, very nice. I've I've heard of that, but I've never used them. I use the different. Sorry, the background noise here is terrible. I use the different um, website to do my books. I'm just curious how that works out for you. Well, I tried a couple different um, companies before. I ended up with Create Space. Uh, I just did. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, Create Space was the easiest to work with. It was the most flexible online format, and it was the least expensive. In my own personal experience. Okay. Hmm. Well, that's not, I, that's, not a, that's not intended to be an endorsement of Amazon or Create Space as a company. <laughs> Just my own personal experiences. <laughs> yeah, I know that I've heard a lot of people like it. They've used it, so I'm interested in that. So, do well, you have other family members that write as well, or? No, I'm pretty much on my own in this. I'm kind of a, uh, I wouldn't say maverick, but I'm definitely a standalone um, writer in my family. No one else in my family has the bug I have. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry I can't say everyone, but I did want to check in. And um, I'm going to listen to the show later, and hopefully you'll leave your contact information at the end of the show and where everyone can find your book, and uh, or all your books, rather. And um, can you tell me real quick which one is the best-selling book? Uh, probably the Oz Wonderland series is my best-selling. It's a hybrid okay. of the original Frank Baum and Lewis Carroll books. So it has quite a, a pre-existing uh, popularity just because the characters are well-known, but because they're public domain characters, um, they, mm-hmm. I'm able to write the series, but I've taken very strong efforts to make sure that I, I mimic the voices of the original authors, and I get a lot of praise for that, so... Did you gear that more towards adults, like an adult fantasy at Alice in Wonderland, or is it towards kids as well? Uh, it's what's it's geared towards what's known as the new adult genre, which means basically 16 through 28. Okay. It's basically, the new okay. adult genre. There are a couple of uh, adult concepts that Frank Baum actually did write into his original series that most people kind of gloss over when they talk about the books, but uh, and I made sure I preserved those in the series, and they've kind of drawn me a little bit of attention, and then definitely have said from the very beginning that, they're not, that some of the concepts are more adult-oriented, um, such as the uh, original same-sex relationship between Ozma and Dorothy that Frank Baum wrote mm-hmm. in the original book. I don't have anything that's graphic. There's no kissing. There's no making out. There's nothing like that. But there is a mention of it and a discussion of it, and it's an acceptable relationship. And that has gotten me a little bit of attention. People don't like it. I bet. I guess so. A hot topic there. It could go good or bad for some. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, the problem is that it was in Baum's original books. Having read them cover to cover and studied them quite extensively, I didn't feel I'd be doing the original author justice if I didn't at least mention it. Hmm. Never knew that. Interesting. Learn something different every day. <laughs> well, you have to read wow. later books. Uh, particularly when Ozma and Dorothy are both in Oz, they're holding hands, they're kissing, they're, spe- they're described as special friends. There's a, a point when uh, Betsy Bobbin becomes in the story around the seventh book in the series and how Dorothy's concerned that Ozma will be jealous because she now has another special friend to be with when Ozma's busy. Mm-hmm. And these little <laughs> subtle things that are going on <laughs> in Frank Baum's books are really hard to ignore when you study them. And I just didn't feel I'd be... It wasn't a topic I wanted to carry. It's not a strong um, element of the stories. The stories could exist without that element. But I felt I would be not honoring the original author if I didn't at least mention it. Well, Vanilla, before you go, I just wanted to say one thing, okay? Yes. Blast your ass! Son of a bitch! <laughs> use my own words against me. <laughs> yeah, I know for the noise, right? Absolutely. 
I'm sorry. I can't help it. They're hooping and hollering on the airplane. I don't know. I've never heard them talk so much on the mic. (laughs) All right, I'm going to get out so they keep going. But it was nice talking to you, and I will definitely be checking out your book. Thanks, Vanilla. And if you want to get to them, I don't know if you can access them while you're on the plane or not, but ronglick.com is pretty easy to find. Okay. All right, thank you so much, and I will talk to you later, Merla. Thank you, darling. All right, well, good with night. that being said, good night. We're going to take a quick short break, so if you're on the line, please mute your phone, and here we go. (laughs) 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Fermerlo Show here at Ball Talk Radio, uh, where we're having a nice little conversation with the author by the name of Ron Glick. Uh, Ron, I had to play that song only because of your last statement in regards to, you know, Dorothy and Oz, you, just a little bit of kissing or whatever. So I had to set it on fire just a little bit. You know, some people like that fiery stuff. <laughs> so we had to put it on fire real quick. Um, while I was reading um, your introductory again, um, in regards to, um, let me see, um, ah, let, how should I say this? Okay, so he, it says that you were a U.S. political prisoner since 2004, and it broke you away from your fictional works and shed some light upon corruption in Montana. Could you explain that just a little bit for the audience this evening? Certainly. Back in 2003, um, I was running a youth recreations program, and I had been running it for about seven years. I was something of a youth advocate. I became a witness to police assaults on teenagers in the uh, downtown area. Um, I witnessed physical assaults, sexual assaults. I saw an officer physically take a teenage girl. Um, mm. Actually, since you don't have to, apparently you don't have to worry about swearing on this show, I'll go ahead and tell you the whole story without any any uh, screening, he walked. I saw her walk up to a 13, 14-year-old girl and he mm-hmm. said, hey, hey, you want a date? And she says, fuck off, perv. He grabbed her by the back of the neck, thrust her towards the back of his car, opened his back car door, threw her in the back of the car, and drove off with her. And this is the kind of assault yeah. I witnessed from the police department, Kalispell Police Department against kids in this town. I was, as an advocate, I wasn't trying to gather up so much the lawsuit, but I was trying to get the kids to speak out. I was naive enough back in those days to believe that this was a few rogue officers. These were officers who simply were doing things under the under the you know under the radar without people realizing mm-hmm. it. And I thought if the authorities the, the authority supervisors knew that something mm-hmm. would be done about it. So I was encouraging the kids to speak up, to write statements, to make um, public, or at least you know make a complaint to the police department of what was being done to them. Well, it, it got attention. It got the wrong attention. It got. It turns out the department heads were just as aware of what was going on, apparently, and they didn't like the fact mm-hmm. that someone was sitting here organizing kids to speak out against them. So mm-hmm. I became a target for the Galisbell Police Department. At the time, I was dating um, a girl by the name of Mara Pelton, who he's has since mm-hmm. changed her last name, so I'm not too worried about her identity right now. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, it's spelled out in my book, so it doesn't really matter. But the idea is um, she had two daughters who I'd raised for about three years. One was 13 at the time, mm-hmm. one was up at six at the time. Um, the, her parents didn't approve of me, as is so common in, in relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And they were trying to break us up, and they encouraged the young, the eldest girl to say, that uh, I was inappropriate to her on one occasion so she could get her mom and dad back together. That was the promise made to her. What was the story? It fell apart oh. really quick. Really, really quick it fell apart because it wasn't a true story. It was just all made up. Um, mm-hmm. But the police department got a hold of it, and the police department decided, hey, this is a perfect opportunity to take down this guy who's been giving us trouble. So they began to oh. spread around the community that I was a sex offender, that I was a child molester, that I molested children, that children coming to my youth program were in danger. And wow. this, this threat, this obviously, I'm running a youth recreations program. This is my livelihood. It's a very uh-huh. serious deal. And so I eventually brought a lawsuit against the city of Kalispell for it. And two days after they brought, two days after they filed a lawsuit against the city of Kalispell, they came and abducted my stepdaughters, took them into what? isolation for three weeks. They, I have the CFS records that show there was no good cause exists. They're scanning the back of my book. Um, they actually admitted the girls. They actually wrote on their own forms that no good cause exists to remove them from the home, but they removed them anyway, isolated them for three weeks until they could get the eldest to say, so once again, reassert the allegation had fallen apart before. They then basically tried to use this as leverage to get me to drop the lawsuit against the city. They never even filed a response because they thought they had it all in the bag. I didn't drop the lawsuit. I, in fact, I filed for default judgment. The court clerk fact that the case had been properly served, and in a nutshell, they turned around and uh, they threatened Mara, who was a process server, threatened who was a witness, and eventually I said, you know, it's, I'm done with you blocking this, you're, you're trying to stop 
Monday morning Jumped out of bed To put on my best suit Got in my car Dressed like a jet All the way to you Knocked on your door With heart in my head To ask you a question Cause I know that you're An old-fashioned man Yeah And I rock on a car. 
corner and a line full of fiend and a bottle full of lean and a model on a team, yeah. These days of frustration keep y'all on tuck and rotation. I duck these cold faces, post up, be five, four, four faces. Dreams are realities, peace. Blow steam in the face of the beast. The sky can fall down, the wind can cry down, the strong in me, I still smile. I love myself, the world is a ghetto, big guns and dicky Alrighty then. I don't know if y'all hear me. I had to back some 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 of the back door thing going on here to see if what's up. Let's see if it's good. Ah, Ron, are you still out there? I am here. Unbelievable. I got disconnected <laughs> twice, but I'm back. <laughs> wow. Yes, we had a full switchboard, and I have tech support listening in as well to see what's going on. They're working on the issue. Um, yes, it was getting real juicy there, and we were just disconnected. Yeah, I got disconnected, and at one point I was like, I didn't sound like I was talking to anybody, so I stopped and said, Merlot, can you hear me? And there was nothing. And I looked at my phone, and my phone was had disconnected the call. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what at what point you thought you last heard me. Well, uh, you were talking about the young lady and and – with all the confusion, I honestly forgot what we were discussing. <laughs> okay, well, kind of in a nutshell, I got the the girls were abducted two days after I filed the lawsuit against the city of Kalispell. Did you get that much? Yeah, yes, we got that part. And then you okay. said you girls were abducted. Uh, they were gone for like three weeks. They were held in isolation for three weeks, no contact with family or friends. Um, in that time... Uh, the littlest one was uh, was actually speaking letters to us through her reading coach. So we kind of had an idea of what was going on. There were threats being made and intimidations being told they couldn't go home if they didn't say what they wanted them to say. And finally, after three weeks, the eldest broke down and said and reasserted the allegations had fallen apart before. Of course, to change details um, to try to put pressure on me. They wanted. They basically thought that if they had this over me, they'd be able to get, pressure me to stop the lawsuit. I didn't stop it. I filed for a default judgment because they didn't file a response. The court clerk tried to obstruct the process. Tried to try. Keep in mind, the court clerk Peg Allison here in <laughs> Flathead does not have any authority to stop a lawsuit. That's the judge. 
The judge has that power, not the court clerk. But the court clerk would even let it go to the judge for a default oh. judge ruling. She was saying, you're not allowed to file this default judgment because we don't have proof of your service. We don't. Have, and then I said, well, I, I gave you service. I walked in. Oh, then she changed her story. It wasn't service. It was there was no summons issued. And I said, I was a paralegal for two years. I know what a summons is. And I attached a summons to the front of the document. I had Mara, who would act as the process server of the original, original summons, call up and confirm that she had, in fact, served a summons along with the document, at which point Peg Allison threatened to throw her in jail and prosecute her for perjury if she tried to claim it was a real, a real summons. At, wow. that point I said, at that point, I said, you have 30 days. You, your obstructions stop, and they stop now. You have 30 days, or I will take this to the federal courts. That federal deadline would have expired on February 28th, February 27th of 2004. But they arrested me on February 20, 20th, 2004, one week before the deadline expired, to make oh. sure that I could not go to the federal court. Uh, to the, they didn't, right. They didn't detain me for 16 months. Now, mind you, I was never read my Miranda in Washington. I was arrested with a warrant that was stamped by a judge, not signed by a judge, at 4:44 in the morning. I had it wasn't hmm. even issued to authority, and I was in Washington on a business trip at the time. It was issued to the to authorities in the state of Montana. When they issued a governor's warrant, they issued it to the state of Wisconsin, but Washington still honored it. Meanwhile, I got sent all the way back here and was detained for 16 months without a trial, without a probable cause hearing, all objections to speedy trial and everything else ignored. Held under excessive bail. The attorney I was given by the state worked for the courts. He even went in front of the court and told the court he couldn't even grant an, a uh, what's called an own you're putting out of your own recognizance, which means you have uh -huh. your understanding so you're not going to run away. Right. At my own OR hearing, my attorney got up in front of the judge and said, Your Honor, I can't ask you to grant this, this motion with a straight face. My own attorney with a straight this. face. <laughs> so I spent 16 months in jail without any mm. kind of probable cause challenge, anything. A year and a half under an excessive bail, not being allowed to challenge, not being able to swap out my attorney, not being able to do anything. I was shut off from the rest of the world. Meanwhile, a week after me, my girlfriend was arrested and told, and then released three days later and told her she was allowed, if she gave me any access to my money, any access to our joint assets, our business assets, anything, she would go back to jail for witness tampering. So I was mm -hmm. cut off from my assets, from my resources, from my support network, from everything because of threats from the authorities. Then after 16 months, they, they manufactured a witness. His name was Frank Allen, who, to claim that I confessed to this crime, which, of course, I never did, and then he ended up dead 10 days after the trial. I then was sentenced and convicted. He, wait, 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 wait. He, Frank he what? Frank Allen was dead 10 days after the trial. The claim is that, so keep in mind, I have requested records of this, and I've not gotten any official records despite my request. They get all kinds of obstructions. The information I have says that he, his official cause of death was a, drug, was a um, drug overdose suicide. But it doesn't... Ten days after he's a manufactured witness at a trial, he suddenly ends up dead. It's very suspicious to me, and no autopsy was ever done. Um, the fact that he was self-medicated for a dozen years before this, and suddenly, ten days after the trial, he's dead. You know, it didn't make any sense. But, like I said, it's Absolutely. really convenient. Unbelievable. But I, spent, ended up, I ended up spending five years in prison for a crime I never committed. They would not release me to parole because I would not confess the crime. I was, I was sentenced to 20 years with 15 of those years suspended. I am presently under a probationary sentence I was never uh, sentenced to and detained under rules and limitations in the state of Montana that are greater and stricter than any other probationee in the state of Montana. I can't mm. go to McDonald's. I can't go to Dairy Queen. They tried to keep me out of the emergency room. They try to keep me away from anything and everything. I'm, I'm telling you, I am a political prisoner in Montana. And like I tell people, the best way to hide a political prisoner is to brand them in such a way that the normal citizen turns a blind eye. They use the term sex offender, and they mm. flag in my direction. And nobody wants to listen to me because I'm branded a sex offender. They don't want to look at the underlying elements of how the sex offense was, uh, was convicted. They don't want mm -hmm. to look at the, 
the manufactured evidence. They don't want to look at the dead witness. They don't want to look at the information that was withheld. They don't want to look at the tampered records. They don't want to look at any of it because they just use that, they throw that flag out there and then everybody ignores me. In last year, the police chief who was behind the, the major push for this, Frank Garner, ran for state senate or state <laughs> legislature in Montana. I published my book to put that information out there in the public. I have been under a media blackout ever since. No media outlet will even discuss the existence of this book, much less try to discuss whether there's any validity to it. We'll talk about it. (laughs) And that's why I'm so great. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing I put in the book, it's a 400-page expose from my own perspective. I include scanned documents, including the document filed at 4.33 in the morning with a date stamp, 4.33 a.m., um, signed by the prosecutor, and then 11 minutes later, a judge granting the prosecution to proceed mm. with a stamp mm. at 4.44 mm. in the morning. In the morning. There's just no way. In the morning, before any type of courtroom is open, there's no way, even even if you took a devil's advocate position for a moment and presumed that somehow, let's just arguably say this was done during the day and somehow the date stamp is wrong, there's no way that a document can be filed in the courtroom and 11 minutes later have a judge's approval. In the morning. There's just, yeah, there's just absolutely no way this could have been done. But it was done, it was stamped, and I was arrested under it in Washington the same night it was issued. Washington they State or D.C.? In, in Washington State. Okay. Uh, Goldendale, Washington, to be exact. And, again, there's no reasonable reason why any of this should have been enforced, but it was. And the very fact that I was detained and cut off from all communication, I was cut off from the court case, I was cut off from my support network, I had no financial resources to hire a real attorney, I was forced to rely upon the attorneys the court appointed, and the court was just as much of a problem. What I've discovered in the process of this is that there is a good old boy network entrenched in Montana, very politically corrupt. They're a mafioso group running under and of the pretense of law and government, and anybody that steps up and defies them endures what I did. The difference between me and most people is that I actually spoke up about it. Mm. And that they don't like that. They do not like it. They hate me. They, I regularly and routinely, and keep in mind, again, devil's advocate position for just a moment. If I had committed the offense I was accused of and touched a 13-year-old girl one time, which is what I was accused of doing, they have given me stricter and harsher conditions than anybody else in the state of Montana. I, like I said, I can't go to a, I can't go to McDonald's. I can't go to a Burger King. I can't go to a Dairy Queen. I can't go to the park uh, when there's music playing. I can't go listen to the music. I have to if there's any type of gathering. I can't go to any business that, um, in any manner, shape, or form, could be considered to be soliciting to children. I can't be in a relationship with anybody who has children at 46. Unbelievable. At 46, imagine how hard that is to find somebody who doesn't have children. Unbelievable. And it's all to make people think that I am this heinous and horrible person so that they will not pay attention. It's like the Wizard of Oz. Don't pay attention to the man behind the mirror or the man behind the curtain. Mm. What well, we do... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say we do have a misspoken black who's been listening into the show uh, Miss Spoken Black, um, are you out there? I'm here. How are you? Pretty good. So I don't know if you were able to catch uh, what the gentleman was just speaking about um, in detail. Uh, I'm a little at awe at the moment considering all of the stuff that's out there, the available stuff that's published and things of that nature. And then he was just speaking about how the media won't even talk about it because of whatever the reason, you know, but we are the media. So I said, well, we'll talk about it. So I don't know if you feel comfortable talking about it. Me, I don't give two flying fucks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, right is right, wrong is wrong. And while we're on this topic, that's very interesting because uh, I remember when I was a younger gentleman, you know, I had a friend and I would babysit the children while he went to work or whatever the case may be. Well, the children's mother didn't like me. 
So she tried to say that, you know, I molested her boys, you know, things of that nature. I think I talked about this before on the show, but it goes right along with what he's saying, trying to discredit the author and what he's publishing. But me, I love children, but I don't want any children, you know, and I would never do anything to hurt anybody. You know, I'm trying to give to the community, not hurt the community. But worse, at the end of the day, uh, I will say I didn't end up, you know, on your status, Ron, you know, it it was dismissed out of the court because they found out that the children were coached to say those things. They put them through counseling and stuff like that. And, you know, from and that point... I mm-hmm. just interrupt you just a moment, Merlot, because it's very interesting you point that out. That was the first thing they did with Alicia, too. They mm-hmm. took her to a counselor, and the counselor tore her... That's why her story fell apart right at the very beginning. The mm-hmm. counselor, inside of two meetings, said she's making it up. She has no emotional attachment to the story. She's filling in details when they don't exist. She's using words she does not understand. The word that was mm-hmm. an example that was, was the word fondled. She said, I fondled her breast. Yes, fondled. And a 13-year-old, she, the, the counselor asked her, you know what the word means? She, of course, she couldn't say it. You can use it in a sentence. Of course, she couldn't. Of course, apparently there was multiple. This is just the example that was given to me. But the biggest thing is that there was no ending to her story. It's, it happened. Keep in mind, at the time I would have been 30, I've been 35 years old, um, grown man, a very thin 13-year-old girl. If I was going to sexually assault this girl, I had mm. all the power and size on my side, and yet supposedly I touched her and did nothing to retaliate against her when she got up and walked away. Right. Um, I, ran, I ran a youth recreations program for seven years without a single complaint, but oh my gosh, I, this one 13-year-old has got me where I've got to try to touch her once. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. But people hear the red, the red flag, that red button issue. And boy, they, they just, where there's smoke, there must be fire. And then I guess so, another thing, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was done. Uh, oh, another thing I was just thinking of, you know, when they, they, asked the children, you know, like, where did this happen at? And they were, like, on the beside the refrigerator in the corner. And so, you know, of course, they came out to the house, and they was like, this is, that's not possible. You know, the refrigerator, there was not even, the, the space between the refrigerator and the wall was only an inch. That's impossible. You know, so they were like, yeah, okay, can we like, move the refrigerator well, out? And they noticed that it hadn't been moved. <laughs> you know, it's just like, this is a lie. For- one version of of her story was that, you know, keep in mind, her details kept changing. Every time she, an inconsistency was found, she changed her details. But one of the um, most most interesting ones was the third time she changed her story, she insisted I was laying on the arm and supposedly reached up her shirt and touched both of her breasts, which is physically impossible for the human arm to do. It moves at a 45-degree angle. It can't move up and down if you're laying on it. So she described this, and I'm like, that alone, she describes breasts, then she describes breasts, then she describes um, this arm, that arm lying on top. And every time you, 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 you catch these details that are impossible, she changes her story. That's why it fell apart. Because, you know, she Please. doesn't know. She's a 13-year-old girl, and no offense against 13-year-old girls. There's many intelligent ones out there. She doesn't know the science and mechanics of physics. Unbelievable. You know, and, of course, it didn't happen, so she's trying to make up details in her head, and she doesn't know any better. She's just doing what, what people are telling her to do. And it's it's sad that she feels threatened and terrorized to have to say those things. But the fact is, when the de- like you, in your case, it happened in a, in a space that was an inch, physically <laughs> impossible. You know, these are the kind of things that show up in these false reports, is false the reports. details... The details are not accurate, and they and when they get confronted with the inaccuracies, they change their details, and that's why it fell apart initially. This should have fallen apart from day one. The only reason it was prosecuted was because I sued the city of Kalispell, and Kalispell didn't like it, and they wanted to stop the lawsuit, and that was the only way they could. They kept me confined for 16 months trying to wear me down to try to get me to confess to something, anything, so they could justify holding me, and I wouldn't. And so they put me through um, a kangaroo court trial with a manufactured witness who they killed 10 days later. And I spent five years in prison, again, thinking that I would eventually confess to get out, and I didn't. It's been a dozen years, and I'm still maintaining my innocence. They don't like it. 
Right. Well, um, Spoken, did you have anything that you wanted to say? I'm sorry I cut you off. I know we have some other people that are wanting to speak as well, but go ahead, Miss Lady. Fine. Um, I kind of caught the end, so I didn't get all of the full details, but just hearing everything um, that you're saying, it, it definitely sounds like you're a fighter. I mean, this could happen to anybody and probably happens to several people, um, but it doesn't sound like too many people would fight and go through the things that you have gone through. So I'm definitely, you know, glad that you're that you're fighting, I guess to say, but yeah, I caught the end of it. But one thing that you said, one thing that you said that kind of stood out, um, I can only, only imagine, you know, what, what your life is right now is that, you know, you can't date anybody with kids. And at age 46, that probably is extremely hard for you. Exactly. Exactly. And then I automatically have to gravitate to people who don't have children, which tend to be younger children. And, of course, people say, well, he's after younger children because, no, I'm looking for something to be with somebody, but I can't be with somebody my own age because they all have kids. (laughs) So it's this catch-22 scenario. I want somebody my own age. I want somebody to grow old with. I want somebody to have a family with. But, you know, and and there's another big fear is that they took my my girls away once. If I had a relationship, found somebody to be with, what's to keep them from taking my kids away again? Again. There's Uh. nothing stopping them. I have CFS documents scanned in my book that show at the very bottom of the page they have to justify what good cause exists to remove the children. And the CFS even checked on both cases does not exist for the mother, does not exist for the father. Could you tell us what that that acronym is for? CFS? Oh, sorry. CFS CFS stands for Child Family Services. Oh, it's okay. uh, Child Protective Services equivalent in Montana. Okay. Mm. So yeah, C- CFS stands for Child and Family Services. It's attached to the Montana Department of Health and Human Resources. Okay. Now we do have another guest that is on the line. Caller number nine three three seven. Um, I guess you had a question. Or something you wanted to say? You are unmuted. I'm here, no questions. I'm just, you know, this is me, man. You know, I ain't asking no questions. Oh, <laughs> just Mr. Leroy Brown. <laughs> okay. I'm just making sure you pressed that one, so I was concerned. Okay, my bad. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, hey, hey, what's uh, going on? So you good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good. All right. All right. Ooh. I, I would like to uh, go back for a moment, and, and I'm sure I'm hoping that uh, um, our first speaker is still on the line. I do want to thank you for for uh, saying that your, your, your voice of support for what I'm going through. I would like to point out to you there are dozens of people I've met inside the system who I have seen their records, I have seen their support, and I know for a fact that they're innocent. I have seen medical records demonstrating that their victims have their hymens intact, and yet they're convicted and serving time for rape, mm-hmm. for sexual intercourse without consent in Montana. I have seen situations and circumstances, and I believe there are more people like myself in the system. The difference is people are scared. They're afraid if they speak up, worse is going to happen to them. And worse has happened to me. I'm out here. I was given a suspended sentence, which should be a non-supervised sentence. And then the state of Montana says, well, we can't let him go, so we're going to put him under a supervised sentence instead. Which is so, why you can't leave. Which is why I can't move away. I can't right. move away. I can't leave. They've, they've got me under such a financial burden. I mean, I'm, I can't. They won't let me work with the general public. Um, I'm already suffering from a disability. I have a chronic joint pain disease, which makes my job options limited at best. So, mm. um, unfortunately, they've got me by the chin strap, Court I guess chill. you could say. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying to be polite, I guess. I'm, I'm too used <laughs> to being polite on public air. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I mean, what, so the show will be aired if I didn't tell you before. It's definitely aired live right now. It will be available on iTunes as a free podcast, normally within an hour after the show. And if for some strange reason it's deleted, I always have my own personal copies because that it is what it is. It's some things that we've discussed on air, those are things that, like you said, people are afraid to talk about. They're afraid to step out and just do what needs to be done. You know, I'm... I love all people, you know, and I'm not going to hide the truth away from anyone. If I find out something, I'm going to tell it, 
You know, that's just who I am and how it is. But we do applaud you tonight for just even coming on the air to speak with us. I didn't know that the conversation was going to curve in that direction, um, but it did, and I'm glad that it did because we were able to talk about some things and get some things exposed, some people exposed, and we will be talking about it more in the future. Uh, But before we go, we run out of time, thanks to our um, technical difficulties that we've had. we want you to go ahead and make sure that you put, you know, plug in your links, any shout outs or anything that you want to talk about, uh, how people can find your work, um, things of that nature, any social networking profiles. Okay, certainly. Uh, all of my, everything I do is is localized through my website, which is ronglick.com. That's R-O-N-G-L-I-C-K.com. There's even a contact form on there. You can send me contacts directly and I respond to everybody. I don't ignore anybody. Uh, you can also get more information about what's going on in my ongoing, much broader um, issues dealing with corruption on my uh, blog, which is monspiracy.wordpress.com, and that's conspiracy with an M. So M-O-N-S-P-I-R-A-C-Y stands for the Great Montana Conspiracy. Uh, I also have a blog dedicated to my uh, writing, which is godslayercycle.wordpress.com. And then you have, of course, um, the uh, Amazon links are all available through my website, so you can get anything there, certainly. Um, There is one thing I would like to point out just very briefly uh, before it goes, because it's an important quote, um, just to demonstrate, because we talked about this before. I just wanted to, I I looked this quote up and I wanted it to be on record. Uh, When uh, the New York protesters were marching, I, I told you before the the racist, racial issue surrounding things like Ferguson and New York are mm-hmm. symptoms of the corruption that I'm fighting myself. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a there's a quote I told you about that I couldn't I wanted to make sure I had and that was I I, I misspoke when I said it was Mayor, Mayor uh, Bill De Blasio who said it, and it wasn't it was actually okay. his chief of police which was Bill Bratton Police Commissioner Bill Bratton sorry and mm-hmm. he said these things tend to peter down on their own. People get tired of marching around aimlessly, and we're going to have so a lot of rain tomorrow, so the history of these things is they don't go on forever. They tend to peter out on their own. That was in response to the protests raised to government inappropriate, inappropriately responding to the deaths of these innocent people um, in our communities. This is the government's response. They, don't, they are above the law. If anything sums up what I'm going through, that's it. They don't care about public response because public they they'll go they'll peter out they'll get tired they'll go home they'll they'll give up and I'm alone in the dark out here fighting because I haven't given up and I'm hoping that people will see that there are people like myself out there and they will speak up and they will be heard and if you need a voice I will gladly put anything you have to say on my site. Well, thank you very much for that. And again, we do applaud you for just coming on to the show. And um, we would, we definitely want to have you back again. And then maybe we can talk about those books, especially the Oz and Wonderland series. I'm definitely interested in getting that. And I was trying to download it today. And for whatever the reason, I forgot my Amazon information. So I was like, oh, so I can't even read it on the Kindle. But I, I'll definitely get it together before the next you know time. What, hello? <laughs> I actually offer free copies for people who want to do reviews for me. And oh. I consider a radio interview a review. So I don't have a problem providing you a free copy. All you have to do is just tell me what book you want, what format you wanted, and I will send it to you. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'll I, 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 I email you. <laughs> I'll email you, absolutely. Definitely wanted to, you know, promote real people. All of this plastic shit that's going on now, we we don't do that. You know, no, no. We like real details. And for anybody that's interested also in your show, uh, the U.S. Political Prisoner uh, since 2004 is available on Amazon for 99 cents, but I have free copies available in both PDF and Mobi, which is the Kindle format, on Google Drive. The addresses are long and complicated, but if you send me a request to my website, I will send you the links to those to those so you can download your own copy. You don't have to pay a dime to, to read this story. And make sure you say you found it or heard about it on the Fermerlo show. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Please let All me right. know if you if you comment if you comment through my site to me, please let me know you heard it through Merlot and I will send the endorsement Merlot's way. 
Thank you. All right. Well, again, we want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to the Fermerlo Show here on Blog Talk Radio, where we had the conversation with Mr. Ron Glick. Miss Spoken Black, did you have any closing remarks real quick? You actually said my – have you been saying my correct name all night long? Yes, lady. Yeah, I'm trying oh, to be okay. nice tonight. <laughs> so I almost didn't answer because I'm so used to my other name. No, but I just – I guess I missed that part, too. I didn't know that – um, the guest was an author also, so I definitely support authors as well. But, um, yeah, thank you for coming on the show, and I'll definitely steal Merlo's free copy of his book and read it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, I love you. I love you. All right, again. Once again, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Fermerlo Show here on Blog Talk Radio, where we talk to the guest by the name of Ron Glick, who has definitely had some things to share with us tonight. Um, definitely take a listen, go back and re-listen, minus all of the technical issues that we had. But until next Thursday, everybody, do more than dream a dream, live it. Holla. Oh, many cries Chose not 